Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 232 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and I've got a great buddy of mine on the show today. Thumbs up, dancing around. We've got Michael Viers. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I feel like it's been a while since I've been on. Has it been a while? I feel I f- like it's been a while. I feel like it's been a while, but also I'm pretty sure you were on. What's the, this is November Syndrome. And we're doing Frostbiter, Wrath of the Windigo. But you were on last month for Arrow. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> it's November. Last month was not August. I can do time. Uh, September. Scream Factory, September. You. I was on for uh, October, for sure. Yes, you were on think... for Torso. And you were yeah. on for another one that month. It's so crazy how I do a podcast every week and I can't fucking remember anything i can't remember anything i can barely remember what i'm doing <laughs> next week and, and people are like i was on one episode a while ago i'm like you sure were couldn't tell you what it was <laughs> the worst memory but no you were on for torso and then i know i brought you back on that month too for another one but i literally i think i i think i'm up to like once a month at this point yeah you're up to once a month uh because i love talking to you and i'm, I'm glad that you make the time for this because and i, and I, I can't tell you no because i love doing this <laughs> i appreciate that that means a lot uh because sometimes i am like oh god who am i gonna put on this episode and i'm like i'll i'll but my he'll do this right and you're like yeah i'll do it. oh thank god uh if anything i feel bad when i have to like change the schedule around for it. oh like, no you're like, fine. like in in january i'm going to alaska i'm like oh man i gotta get that done before alaska no that's totally fine that's why i like to plan the show out so far in advance so that way if people are like hey i can't do this week i'm like i'll just switch you out it's fine it's it's no worries um and that's why i like doing that that's why that's why i'm such a planner and i make sure that the show is planned for so long and uh, as long as the other people can make it, then it's then it's usually fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's Saturday morning. It is it is ten thirty my time. It is nine thirty. Well, nine thirty five, I guess your time. If we want to get too yeah. specifics, you've got a cup of Joe. I've got a Coke Zero. We're gonna do this shit. I'm so excited. I, I got it in a bear mug, which just feels very appropriate for. I thought that was a booby for like half a second. You're, you're... Well, when you watch it, look at it from the back. It looks like a booby, but if you look at it from the front, you had like <laughs> you had your hand covering the eye, and I was like, "Is that a boob mug, sir?" Yes. No. No, it's a bear. It's a oh bear. my goodness. Uh, Saturday morning. We were just talking about this. How Saturday morning podcasts are just like our favorites. Something about waking up with the energy in the morning and just talking about a wacky movie. And this is a <laughs> this movie is no <laughs> yeah, exception. This is going to be very unhinged, very off the rails. And I, I'm... I have been spitting this movie to everyone since I saw it. I've been telling everyone about this movie. I have, This is my most watched movie of 2023. Oh, shit. Okay. I feel like it's going to be my most uh, watched movie next year because it is almost December. So I, I can only, I mean, unless I watch it every day this the, for the rest of the year. But no, I, I put this on and within the first five minutes, I put down my phone, you know, because sometimes you have your phone in your hand, whatever. I sat my phone down, and I was, like, leaning forward into the TV. You got the peak watching position. That's "Mm -hmm." exactly, I was like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, this was one of the greatest experiences I've had this year. Um, Like, with an older movie, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, experiencing new movies for 2023, yes, I've had a lot of fun, but experiencing something different that I've never seen that's an older movie, this was one of my favorite watches of the year. I'm so happy that you recommended this to me. I'm so happy that I bought the Vinegar Syndrome slipped cover version of this. I love it. It's so great. God bless Vinegar Syndrome for doing the Lord's work. This was actually a review title that I got from them. Um, no shit. Okay. This is a review title that I got, and I watched it, and I became obsessed with it because there's. <laughs> well, I'll talk about it once we get onto the show. Once we do the show proper, but there's just a couple key elements that makes this movie right the fuck up my alley. Oh, okay. And you know what's funny? I know that I don't do this on my show because this is a your show thing, but <laughs> I would like to talk about a thrill house moment because I had one in this. What? Hundred percent. Oh yeah, I, I I literally once I saw the scene happen, I was like, mm, "This isn't this isn't the Shameless Picture Show." But I was like, "I I have a I have a uh, Thrill House moment." <laughs> oh well, what are you gonna talk? Should we talk about it later or? 
Yeah, let's do it once we get into the movie. But yeah, I definitely had every, a moment where every time I was, I'm on your show, I fuck up your your your, your format. I love it. Time. It keeps me on my toes. It honestly <laughs> things don't things don't play out on on your show the way that they should because I, my presence and it's it's not even like I'm trying to derail you. You just get excited and derail yourself. I know <laughs> you you get me off on a topic and I'm like fuck, let's go. Uh, <laughs> I get like I'm already and so, gotta, and we still have to talk about physical media and everything. Oh, we have to talk about so much. You know what? Let's let's so let's jump into Five Nights at Freddy's real quick because I've talked about that every episode for a month now. I feel, and then we, I still we, haven't seen it. Oh no, no, it's just uh, about that you can own it on physical media, and we'll oh. and then we'll just segue right into how Perfect. physical media Perfect. is dying. So horror news here. Let's go and, and start this. Um, go. You can now own five. Well, not now. Sorry, excuse me. Let me let me back up. You can own Five Nights at Freddy's next month. Um, Emma Tammy's Five Nights at Freddy's is one of the biggest hits this year. It's no denying. Um, okay. It's crazy how much they've made because it was a $20 million budget. They have made now over $280 million with animatronics designed by the Jim Henson Creature Shop and a cast. Uh, yeah. And a ca I didn't know that. That's awesome. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, no, they're I don't know anything about this movie other than it's a movie and it exists <laughs> based on the game. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Yeah, their I mean, uh, animatronics were designed by the Jim Henson Creature Shop, and we've got a great cast. Nice. Matthew Lillard, Mary Stewart Masterson, Josh Hutcherson. Um, according to the good folks over at Bloody Disgusting, Five Nights at Freddy's will hit 4K UHD, Blu-ray, yeah, Blu and DVD if you just fucking hate like good quality um next month just in time for christmas we've got a brand new like trio of of bonus features here too we've got five nights at freddy's from game to big screen killer animatronics freddy bonnie chica and foxy uh five nights in three dimensions and um it's funny how people say physical media is dying, but mm -hmm. we keep getting new release. Like, yes, I understand Best Buy is ceasing to carry physical media. Yeah, first and, and uh, don't get me wrong. That's 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 a hit to those mm -hmm. who like to buy things in person. Uh, yeah, at a, at, no at a big box store, that. at a huge big box store around America. Like in, yeah, and Target is pretty much ceasing it. Dead. Like they haven't announced it, but they've really scaled back. Um. And and Walmart has said that Walmart actually made a deal with like one of the big disc disc distributors, and they have said they want to pick up the slack on that side. So a lot of people have been posting pictures of Walmart's, but Walmart has said that they want to pick up the slack on that. And a lot of people have been posting pictures of like their 4K selection growing. Apparently, they've been getting a lot of shout and scream factory 4Ks. So I think that's the ultimate goal. Is Walmart's like, if you guys are going to drop this, we're going to pick it up, which I'm excited about because. Walmart, you can the Walmart's by my house. They haven't quite gotten to that point yet. But Walmart for the longest time was like, if there was a movie I wanted on DVD, I could find it there. But they didn't usually have many Blu-rays, very few 4Ks. Yeah. But it's uh and don't get me wrong, I don't mind a DVD with so, like if it's a brand new movie, fuck no, I don't want it. <laughs> why why would I do that to myself? Uh, <clears throat> if I cannot find movie, it on, on Blu-ray, then yeah, I'll take a DVD. Yeah, some old movies or movies that I can't get on a higher quality, or just you know, some animation stuff, you know, like there's some things like, okay, I'll take a DVD. Yeah. It's fine, it's whatever. But like, why would I want like why would someone choose to watch like Oppenheimer on DVD? Oh my god! I actually went to my Walmart. I haven't seen it yet, but that was just the first movie that came to mind. No, I haven't either, and it's funny because I went to my Walmart and I was like, "My Walmart sucks. They don't release new shit. I'm not even going to find Oppenheimer." They had a fucking full row, 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, and I'm like, "If someone is coming here to buy the DVD on Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan is literally weeping in the corner. That is not Nolan's direct way to watch that." Well, yeah. I think he'd rather you buy the DVD than stream it. That, well, that's true. Okay, fair point. Because yeah, he has a very strong opinion against streaming. Like, uh, uh, I, I saw that I, article. I, <laughs> admittedly, I didn't have a lot of interest in that movie, and I still don't know if I do. But I, I almost feel like I want to buy the Blu-ray just because I know it's going to look and sound incredible. Oh, yeah, um, it's Nolan. It's Nolan, baby. Christopher, Christopher Nolan does not do Dolby Atmos, which is fine. That's his prerogative. He only does 5.1, but mm -hmm. it's still one of the best rated audio tracks of the year. And he and he shoots an IMAX as well. So so seeing his 
I, I, I made this mistake by seeing Tenant and Dolby, and it fucking blew my eardrums out. Oh, my God. It was yeah. so loud. So if you're going to go see a Christopher Nolan movie, go see it in IMAX because it's shot in IMAX. It's shot for mm-hmm. IMAX, and the sound mix is going to be way better and in on IMAX. on top of that, too. So they the, the movie is, is in both color and black and white. And they shot in um, like uh, I think sixty mil- sixty or seventy millimeter. Seventy, um, yeah. I think it's seventy millimeter. Yep. Um, black and white in seventy millimeter do- didn't exist. They had to fucking invent that for this movie. Are you serious? Yes, it didn't <laughs> exist. They had to invent that for this movie. <laughs> Wait, so they shot it in both? It, they he shot a movie in color and in black and white on film. Yep. And I and fucking it, love Christopher Nolan. Oh my god! And it it didn't exist in in, in that format, so they had to make one. I, um, <sighs> but I I do have a little bit more to say about physical media. Yes, yes, yes. Please tell. Um, me. so unpopular opinion for because like me, Austin, me and you are in a lot of the same movie collector groups. Yes, I only know this because. Uh, whenever you're friends with someone in a movie collector group, I'll see random fucking posts and I'll just see your name under it. I was like, oh, Austin's in this group too. (laughs) I see that too. I see that too with you. I'll say, oh, hey, look, there's Michael. What is he? Oh, he's talking. Okay, I got it, got it. Sometimes if I see you commenting something, I'm like, let me go back and read this thing. caught Austin's (laughs) uh, interest. I need to to stay on the same wavelength as my friend. Um, But, like, there's always people who are like, oh, it drives me nuts because we see it almost every – and we saw it for, like, a month straight every day when Best Buy made that announcement where people were like, this is the final nail in the coffin of physical media. And it drives me nuts because physical media is not dying. It's evolving. And the reason I say it that way is big box stores are fucking dying because they don't know what they want to be and they're chasing trends. For all the people that be like, well, you know, physical media is finally over, yada, yada, yada. There are more releases coming out every month than ever before. Oh, and yeah. I've been saying this to a lot of people. If you are only buying your discs in store, you are not, you're missing out. Yeah. Because there's more stuff. Like, look at all the boutique labels we have. Kino Orber releases like 12 things a month. They've released so much shit. Screen Factory, Screen Factory. has been... A little bit less this year. Like they they haven't announced. They've anything. been doing a lot of re re releases. Yeah, which is fine. yeah, which is fine. which is fine. But they have Criterion puts out brand new stuff every month. Oh yeah. Um, like them or hate them, Mill Creek is constantly pumping out stuff. Oh yeah. And while their quality is diminishing returns, which is not always on them, I can talk about that another time. That's <laughs> not always on them. Uh, they own they put out what's given to them. Yeah. Um. They're putting out more stuff than than ever. Vinegar Syndrome, Severin, they're all putting out a lot. And then studios themselves are putting out more discs than ever. They're just not in stores because the store... Here's the thing. It's not like studios being like, we don't want to carry this stuff. We don't want to put this stuff out. And maybe some of them don't. But a lot of stores being like... Because it's it's a shitty racket. If... Say, Austin, say we have a production... Say we have a distribution company. Yeah. Say we put out Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. Which is say uh because it's christmasy um yeah. and we put that out we put a nice special edition it's a boutique label it's our first big release and say we're lucky enough to get into walmart and we ship all our copies to walmart walmart takes them and it, they put them on the shelves anything they don't send it gets sent back to us hmm. okay so um it's usually a thing of like the stores don't want to deal with that hassle because then it's shipping costs back and forth. They want to make a quick buck. Right. And the thing I think a lot of students are going to start realizing very soon, if they haven't already, is this streaming model. Well, there's nothing wrong with streaming. I do stream quite a bit. The streaming model is fucking broken. And they think that it's a quick way to make money, but you're not making as much. And for all the people out there who are like, Oh, physical media is dying. You can't go to Target anymore and buy it. this. That is a new development, all things considered. Being able to go to a store like Best Buy or Target and buy buy physical media is a relatively new development. Yeah. Meaning, um, when I was a kid, I'd go to Target and they'd have VHS tapes there, but they had like one time. My Target specifically would have a te- would have a, a big fucking tube television set up. And they had, uh, and you know, the width of a tube television, it's not that wide. Yeah. And it would be on a shelf that had four sides, about the, almost the size of the, of the TV. And they'd have the new VHS releases. And that's it. Right. It wasn't really until DVD came out that it, you could, they were far more accessible. 
and even that, like with V in the early days of VHS, VHS, beta, laser disc, these were all formats, not for the common man. These were collectors items. They put out movies on these formats because they knew collectors wanted them. People who were avid cinephiles. The average person didn't go buy every movie they wanted to see. They would wait for it to come on television or they would go to a rental store. That's why rental stores came around because the price for a lot of these things were too expensive. And you know where collectors used to get these things from? They didn't go to Target. They didn't go to Best Buy. They didn't go to Walmart. They had to buy them from a catalog. You bought a your catalog <laughs> from a catalog. So for all the people that are like, oh, Best Buy's not carrying physical media. It's the end of an era. It's the end of big box stores. Yeah, Physical media is doing fine. Physical media is doing fine, and and speaking on 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 the whole Walmart, yeah, I got really passionate there. No, that's that's what I love about podcasting with you. You have great opinions, and it's 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 validated in the fact that Walmart is picking up the slack because I've already seen them announce a few things. One of them being an Anaconda Steelbook, and I'm like, let's mm. go. I don't know if you've seen that uh, announcement. Oh no, but I do have a bone to pick with Walmart. What's the bone to pick with Walmart? You just said they were picking up the slack. Yeah, they're doing good things, yes. But <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time, yes. of all fucking time, is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Walk Hard. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> I only have it on DVD because the Blu-ray has been out of print. So okay. what Walmart did, they're like, hey, we're going to be releasing a brand new Blu-ray steelbook of the movie. Ooh. Fuck yeah, right? Yeah. It was supposed to come out October 24th. I went to Walmart on that day. It wasn't in the store. Okay. I looked on their website. It said pre-order, not to be shipped until February 2nd. Oh my. And I was like, oh, well, that's weird. So I thought well, that's a, that's everything I see online says it's supposed to be out today. I asked someone they didn't know. I looked around. Of course. I waited a couple days and it still kept saying pre-order. And then I forgot about it, admittedly. Um, I went this last week. They're like, oh, it was supposed to come out in January. It's not going to ship until February or whatever. I go to the website, sold out. That's kind of weird. Uh, and then I was like, and it was supposed to be put up on Mill Creek. And I was like, I know the guys at Mill Creek because I fucking <laughs> do reviews for them. And I was going to go like, just shoot them a very nice email. Be like, is this going to become available? I don't even care that it's Steelbook. Like, I just want it on Blu-ray, you know? Yeah. And then something. I went to Mill Creek's website and they had the Blu-ray for 10 bucks. I was like, okay, I, I can live with that. I don't That's need it to be so Steelbook. so weird. I don't think I've ever had that experience with... I've had that experience with Best Buy, where it's yeah. like, you know, like, what was my prime example? Oh, it was A Quiet Place, uh, the original A Quiet Place, right? So they had it on their, their website for, like, 20 bucks, and I ordered it. And then they sent me a confirmation email, and then they sent me an email. They're like, your, your, your order's been canceled. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, oh, we don't have any stock. I'm sorry. Why was I able to order this? And then yeah. you, yeah, like, I, so I've had that before, yeah. kind of a similar situation, but that is very odd. Only thing I can think of is one thing to keep in mind, not to defend Best Buy, because uh, I have a lot of feelings about them. <laughs> Websites don't, can't update instantaneously. Right. So if enough people order it at one time, they don't always know they're out of stock until after the fact. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, fuck you, Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've I've stopped going and uh, doing my new release Tuesday because my Best Buy has essentially crammed. So they started this a while ago, and I f I feel like they've known about not doing physical media for a long before they announced it. They had to have known for months because mm -hmm. my Blu-ray section at Best Buy, you know, 4K, whatever, went from a, a pretty big back section with, like, two huge walls and, like, three center little... Um, yeah, I know, I've seen your videos. It's yeah. pretty impressive. And then they had new release stuff up front. And then one day I went in there, and the new releases had been moved back to where everything else was. And then I went back there again, and they had taken everything off of one wall and moved it to the other wall and put TVs on that wall. And I was like, what? What's... And then they announced that they were going, you know, no, no physical media. And I was like... That so makes I, it, yeah. That makes a, a lot best, of sense. There's a Best Buy by my house that just renovated, and I wanted to go in after the renovation because I'm a tech guy. So like, I wanted to see what they did. And I will admit, it's pretty impressive. You go in there. Does it, do any of your Best Buys have the Magnolia sections? Yeah. Oh yeah. So the Magnolia sections, you know, that's where you get the high end audio shit. You know, the oh, stuff yeah. that I'm into. The well, the Best Buy by my house. It doesn't have a Magnolia section, but they have like Magnolia section on steroids uh, where they have like set up listening. They're still working on getting them set up, but they have like set up listening rooms that are like acoustically treated. Oh, um, wow. All of this other stuff, like really 
high-end uh, speakers and everything, uh, really high-end projectors and televisions. But what I think is so funny is you're going to buy all this high-end equipment, but then stream everything? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, right? Don't get me wrong. The picture quality on <laughs> streaming has gotten better. Audio has gotten better, but like <clears throat> streaming is like most most of these um, streamers like Apple TV, Roku are tapped out at Dolby Digital, maybe Dolby Digital Plus, which is nowhere near like a Dolby True HD is, or not near DTS HD Master. Sorry, this is probably boring for everyone who's not a nerd about this stuff, but it's like, OK, you're going to buy $10,000 speakers and then just stream everything. But then their solution is they have a, a section set up with this this uh, box. It's a streaming box called Kaleidoscape. Okay. And Kaleidoscape works directly. With, you can, there's a whole video on uh, on their website with Martin Scorsese talking about how great it is. Uh, that's 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 the audience they're trying to get, the people who care about what Martin Scorsese have to say. Uh, and as a fan of Martin Scorsese, I think it's funny. Uh, but they work directly with the studios to get the high, to get Blu-ray. You can buy movies from them. Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray quality with uh, with this. Uh, for both audio and picture that you can keep on and you have the box and then you have to purchase hard drives to keep them. Oh my God. But here's a couple things. You have to pay full fucking price, 20 to $30 per movie. Oh, and just to get started with this service, to get the equipment, not including hard drives, it's like eight to 10 grand. <laughs> That's okay. your solution. That's it. Yes. Let me spend all of my life savings to uh, potentially. Yeah, like, ah, money, yeah. so this is only for the rich. now. I see. But hey, they don't want to fucking do people. But people are so annoying about their convenience. Sorry, this section's going on way too long. Uh, people are so annoying about their convenience. They're like, "Well, I don't want to have to get up and grab the movie." But you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna cycle through eight hundred movies. Like that's just gonna take just as fucking long. That takes way longer than me going into my horror section or whatever section and being like, "Ooh, I want to watch this today because I have a yeah. I have a limited selection." I mean, I still have like I think I have like fourteen hundred movies, so it's still a lot. But I still have it's less than streaming. I mean, streaming you can go on and on and on for days through. Streaming is good if I know what I want to watch, but if I need to browse, fuck. yeah, I I will never pick anything, and I will go and rewatch something I've seen a hundred times because in, it's a comfort show or a comfort movie. You know, if anything, like Letterbox makes it a little easier. Where like, oh, I want to watch a movie from i want to watch a new movie from 2023 i don't know what i want to watch let me sort it just by the streaming services yep. that i have and then i can pick from there and that's not so bad or if that's I, great oh, i want to watch a western let me sort it by streaming services i have or like oh we were talking about joe swanberg the other day i'm like oh yeah. i've not seen all of joe swanberg's movie which which of his movies are streaming on services i have so it's if i have an idea of where i want to go it's it can be great yeah. and there's a lot of wonderful things about streaming but at the same time, don't take my discs. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm keeping my discs. And you know what's funny about that is Guillermo, uh, I always have a hard time saying his name, Guillermo, Guillermo, del, Guillermo Toro. del Toro literally said the other day, he was like, people who buy physical media are preserving cinema. And I told that to my wife, and I was like, see, babe, I don't have a problem. I'm just preserving cinema. And she's like, well, if Guillermo del Toro you, said Guillermo. so. Yeah, I was like, thank you, del Toro, for, for backing well, me but up. But at the same time, that could sound like really like, well, if Guillermo del Toro says so. <laughs> And, and she, then you're in your mind, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said so? And she loves Del Toro. She's so. Oh, she, I do too. Yeah, she was. You know, I think was, me and Gabby have a lot of similar tastes. Actually. Yeah, you do. Actually, weirdly enough, you guys do. And I'm ex so excited for his fucking Frankenstein movie next year. Oh mm. my god! Shimmy for that. Mia Goth uh, and Andrew Garfield and what's his face? Uh, and I hope they let Mia Goth talk with her weird, like baby doll Victorian voice. <laughs> yes, please. Well, that's her normal voice. Is I she, know she sounds like a haunted doll. <laughs> she does. She's so it's so funny because you hear her like American accent and you're like, okay, great. And then you see her little UK British accent and you're like, you're so cute. It feels like her voice should be in the movie Dolls. It really should. Oh my god! Yes, let's get a let's get a uh, syndicated version of Dolls where uh, Mia Goth where Mia Goth just dubs over everyone. Oh goodness! Let's go. Um, speaking of let's go, let's talk about <laughs> oh, let's talk about this movie. Oh my goodness! Oh my damn! I've never seen this before, Michael. You had seen this. Uh, mm, this is this your is my third time watching it this year. Third time watching this year. We are talking about Frostbiter: Semicolon Wrath of the Wendigo. Wendigo. 
um, from 1995, released on January 29th of that year in the U.S. This is rated R for horror, violence, and gore, and for some brief nudity and language. We've got moderate sex and nudity, moderate violence and gore, moderate profanity, mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and mild, frightening, and intense scenes. I would argue that it's, uh, I would argue moderate to severe, frightening, and intense scenes, honestly, because, like, there's, oh, yeah. there's some fucking crazy shit in this movie. <laughs> there is some crazy shit in this movie. Um, and one thing worth mentioning, so the movie came out in 1995. I think they shot this movie over the span of, like, seven years. Yeah, because on on Rotten Tomatoes it is listed as 1990. Oh, so five years. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they they were shooting this movie over the span of over a span of time. Not necessarily important to mention, but I do think it is interesting. I, th- I found it. Yeah, I found it interesting when I looked it up, and I was like, okay, that's the right title and that's the right picture, but it says 1990. I was like, that doesn't track with Letterbox, IMDb, anything. So. Um, this movie has a runtime of a brisk hour and 24 minutes listed as a comedy horror directed by Tom Chaney, who has directed literally four things. Um, also one of them being the wind Walker. Don't know what that is, but he did it. It's also written by Tom Chaney who wrote mosquito, which is a great nineties, uh, uh, gem. And he also wrote the wind Walker. Um, written by also Rick Kioffi, who only wrote this movie, and Steve Quick, who also only wrote this movie. Yeah, I, I think they also directed this movie all together as well. I, I just, I love people who did a one-off thing. Like, wh- yeah. what well, happened and then, there? And then it's also interesting, too, because um, I know you usually talk about this, so they all wrote this movie together. Tom Chaney was also the cinematographer. Steve Quick was one of the composers. So they kept this shit in the family. They really did because it was composed. Yeah, it was composed by two people. One of them being Todd Albertson, who only composed this movie. Steve Quick, who only composed this movie. Cinematography by Tom Chaney, who also did The Mosquito and The Windwalker. Also edited by Tom Chaney. So <laughs> Tom Chaney... Directed, wrote, pro- uh, produced, composed, or no, not composed, cinematography, and he edited this movie. And then on top of that, it looks like Tom Chaney's family also helped with the special effects. So they kept, this is like a student film <laughs> through and through. And I mean that as a person who makes a lot of student films, even yeah. though I'm no longer a student. It, and, and it was edited by one other person named Kay Davis, who also edited Crime Wave and Evil Dead 2, which is probably why there was an Evil Dead 2 poster in the fucking cabin. Not to mention this is basically like an Evil Dead 2, you know, not yeah, ripoff, but like kind Bruce of like a... Ca- Bruce Campbell's in the credits for as a special thanks. Oh, is he? Yeah, I don't think he had anything to do with the movie. I think they're just thanking him because it's fucking Bruce Campbell. Thank you, Bruce Campbell. Um, so this movie, I, I did that in one of my films. I thanked Vincent Price. So if you look at Vincent Price's IMDb, you'll see From the Darkness Theater under special thanks. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I have a question for you because the the yeah. the top build person in this movie is uh-huh. Ron Ashton. As oh, Ron Ashton. Where the f- I never heard anyone named Gary. Where was Gary? Ron Ashton was the that hunter that survived. The, at the hunter very beginning. that survived. Remember at the very beginning, the two hunters. Oh. Uh, and then the one. It, it was the guy who ends up joining the group, like joining the ca- group in the cabin. I thought the his name was Larry. No, it was Gary. Uh, so Ron Ashton. This this was my fun fact for you. Ron Ashton is the guitarist for one of the most influential bands of all times, the Stooges. Uh, Iggy Pop is one of my favorite musicians of Iggy all time. Pop. He's one of he. He's one of those people that every single day, I hope he has a good day because uh, he deserves <laughs> it. Um, and uh, Ron Ashton was the guitarist for the Stooges, one yes. of the greatest fucking bands of all time. Um, and on top of that, I also love, uh, there was another movie that Ron Ashton was in that I loved called Hellmaster from 1992, also nice. put out by Vinegar Syndrome. Nice. So he didn't do a lot of acting, but goddamn. Is the Stooges a good fucking band? No, they yeah they are, and that's amazing because yeah he's primarily a musician. He just did. He was also in Mosquito as Hendrix the Park Ranger as well. Um, so yeah, he did not do a lot of acting, but he was definitely in one of the great, greatest bands to exist, which I find amazing. And oh, he also he, did his, some his, of like, the opening uh, guitar for "I Want to Be Your Dog" is fucking incredible. And he did a lot of the. He did, I don't know if he did a lot, but he did some of the music for this movie and 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 the uh, mosquito as well. Like he, I love that he, you have a main actor. I, it, in a it, movie. it felt like he was giving back to the local film scene. Yeah, it's so cool. 
So, he, okay, so I, I'm sorry. I thought his name was Larry. I must have misheard that at the beginning, or the subtitles are wrong. Um, so you've got Ron Ashton as Gary. Like I said, I've already told you what he's been in. You've got Lori Baker as Sandy, who was only in one other thing called Conceiving Ada as club patron. You've mm-hmm. got Patrick Butler as Peter, who was also in Mosquito as the Willis Cabins yeah, Motel proprietor. I, I, I just looked that movie up. It looks like that was also shot in Michigan, so that makes sense. Yeah, Mosquito is a great night. It's like 93, I think. It's a great little uh, creature feature. Um, you've got Devlin Bertone as uh, Felipe, but like I don't, I think I, that's not right. Leo. Le- uh, uh, Leo. Le- Leo. I don't know why um, my autocorrect went from Leo to Felipe, um, but there you go. And he only did this movie. And then we've got Tom Franks as Tony, who also only did this movie. You have a whole bunch of other people, but I didn't want to list out every single person that didn't do shit besides this movie. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people only did this movie. And I love that about Troma. And this wasn't even like a Troma production. This was no, just no, distributed. This was, this, was a, this was an acquisition. Yeah, this was just distributed by them because I was watching it and I didn't see the Troma thing at the beginning. It was like, I was like, oh, where's that? And I thought, okay, it's probably just one that they distributed. Estimated budget of $25,000 and a worldwide box office gross of nothing because this went straight to uh, VHS, DVD, whatever you want to call it. And it was filmed in Tecumseh, if I'm saying that right, uh, Michigan, where my dad is from Michigan. So I, this felt very- Yes? Yeah. I know my, that. He's from, um, he's from the county of Wayne, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. So this felt a little close to home. You can watch this on Amazon for a $3.99 rental or buy the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, which I highly suggest. Uh, movies that came out around the same time. Holy shit. Dumb and Dumber. I don't remember that movie. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one with uh, Jeff Bridges and fucking uh, no, J- no. James McAvoy. That one. You know that? No, no. When you're like, uh, came out at the same time. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> It was funnier in my head. Uh, I just mistook it for a Dumb and Dumber. So Dumb and Dumber, Mixed Nuts, House Guest, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, Amityville, A New Generation, In the Mouth of Madness, Billy Madison, The Brady Bunch Movie, and Heavyweights. Oh, I love The Brady Bunch Movie so What much. a time to be alive. Oh, my God. Oh, man. The 90s were so low-key. People low-key slept on the 90s. It was pretty funny. Yeah. The, the 90s for, yeah. And this is a great one from the 90s. Oh, my God. Specific horror moments. Did you have one, and what was it? So here's the thing about a movie like this. <laughs> it's not that I didn't. It's just like, how do you pick? I know. It's like, the, can I say the entire movie? Because yeah, no, no, um, that's fine. Uh, well, plus it's also hard, like, to try to, to try to differentiate between horror moment and best kill, especially but in this one. Yes, because there, yeah. yeah, almost every good horror moment is a kill. Has, yeah, has a kill. Uh, I could say one of my. Um, I don't know if that counts the horror moment, but it's just a scene that sticks with me. I got a couple of them, but like it was in the very beginning when the two hunters uh, uh, are fucking with that old guy and end up breaking the circle. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember like that shot of the camera moving across the side of the cabin. And I don't know that, that for some reason just okay. the eeriness of that. But um, I would actually probably say for horror moments because I just didn't see it coming was when the centerfold model end up coming to life. Oh yeah, and it became that was a demon. Good. Like, the I was the like, witchy shit. form, yeah. What am I watching? What am I watching? I was gonna go with the chili hand incident because oh, that was almost my choice. Yeah, like dudes just cooking chili, and all of a sudden, just bam, this fucking sentinel comes out of oh, nowhere and just, just rips his arm off. And I was like, I literally was like, whoa! <laughs> I was like, primo shit. chili content in this movie. <laughs> this is the best yes. movie about chili. It's the best movie about chili. Uh, did you have a favorite kill? I know there's there's so many. I know there's so many. But uh, was there was there one that stood out amongst the crowd? Um, I don't know. Since I guess I'm gonna go with the chili sequence. Oh, like, okay, all right, all right. Um, because like I said, this entire movie is just balls to the wall. Just never lets you. It just never lets you stop. It just picks you up and violently shakes you around for like 80 minutes, and then it's like ah, you're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, occasionally we'll throw in a cover of uh, Prince's song "Kiss," but make it about chili. Yeah. Yes, that's one of my that's one of my reviews. <laughs> it's like it's like I was listening. Like, did they get a Prince song? Oh no, this is about chili. Yeah, this is a basically a Prince cover that they did about chili. Um, it's like a it's some weird owl shit right there. It really is for only for this movie too, because I don't think you can find that 
no song anywhere like, if else. I could, if I could, if I could find that album, this album, I would do it. But anyways, oh my god, um, if, they, if they could, I would please say score uh, the Chili Monster. Okay, um, that was probably it's, like I said, it's hard to count because like horror moments and kills kind of all work together in this movie. Yeah, but, sometimes um, they blur the line in movies, and it's hard to pick. Yeah, um, so uh, you know. Since that's my second one, I'll just make that my favorite kill. All right. My favorite kill definitely has to be Duke being beheaded by the flying monster because um, that whole sequence of him flying the plane in the snow, which is clearly a miniature. You can tell it's- Oh, it's, I love yeah. that it's a miniature. And there's just this fucking like, ah, parad- ter- paradactyl, pterodactyl thing that just <laughs> comes inside the plane. That sounded very sexual and rips his head <laughs> off. And then the, he's just squirting blood everywhere. And then the Susan, or um, not Susan, what's her name? Uh, Sandy. She's kind of just sitting there like, ah, whatever. And then the plane just... Inside the plane just squirting everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Very sexual. And Sandy's sitting there just like screaming and then the plane goes down. I I, I jumped out of my seat for that. I'm not even kidding. I I was like, like, yes! Their their use of miniatures are so fucking well done. uh, Me and Amanda still have an argument every time we watch this movie. I can't tell if they had a huge budget or uh, for for this type of movie, right, you know, right, right, had, right, right. If they had all the money that they could muster, or if they had no money, <laughs> I don't know. I I almost lean towards they had a lot of, for for this type of but movie. Yeah, they had a sizable budget, right? Because I also read that they built that cabin in a gymnasium somewhere. So like they had they had cabin building money. <laughs> cabin building, yeah. What is the cabin building money rate going these days? Uh, pretty much um, the cost of a cabin and the cost of rentals. <laughs> Uh, did you have a favorite character? Uh, it's hard because I can never remember any of the characters' names. Dude, there's movie. so many fucking people in this movie, and I swear, my, my, I s- my instinct is to say um, Ron Ashton's character, just because I love Ron Ashton. Gary, but, yeah. Um, um, I want to say um, Devlin Burton. If he's the character I'm thinking of, Leo, Leo, yeah, I Leo. Think he's the, that's, the, that's the balding guy with the glasses. Who no, talks like this. that's Who's Tony. That guy? That's Tony. Okay. Tony's my favorite. Yeah, that's uh, that's my favorite he, too. <laughs> he, he's 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 here's the thing about all, all the actors in this movie. None of them feel like they're quote unquote good actors, but they feel like they're actors who have enough training to be actors where they know what goes into making a good performance. They yeah. just can't necessarily quite get it there. Um <laughs> I felt the same but way. Well, like the entire time where Tony's talking about um it's like the, big the Wendigo is oh. just there is just their word for cannibalism. It just fucking kills me. Yeah, Tony was great. And you're right. It's like I felt everyone acted like for 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 the style of movie. You know, it's a mm-hmm. it's definitely a B movie. It's a cheesy movie, but like everyone brought their A game that they could. Like everyone mm-hmm. was was convincing enough for me to be like, you know what? I'm enjoying this. There was a couple that that fell a little short, but like they were just they were just like bringing their A game for what they could do, and I commend the fuck out of that. Yeah, it, it's like people give actors a lot of a lot of shit, you know, like uh, actors, poor actors, or what have you. I dare anyone to get in front of a camera and um, see how well they do <laughs> because it's not easy. It's not easy. It is not easy. Um, I've done it enough now where I'm not a good actor, and I'll be the first to admit it. Um, you're, you're doing a lot of mental gymnastics because you, you not only are you have to remember your it's not even just people think oh you just have to get, go out there and say your lines in a convincing way no there's more to it you have to you also have to listen you have to know what the person in front of you is saying you have to listen to the way that they're because if you just go in there and say your lines in a convincing manner and you're not listening to what the other person's saying right because there's that old ad, you know adage of uh, acting is reacting you have you and your acting partner you have to vibe off of each other. And if you're doing one thing and they're doing another thing, it's no. Yeah. And, the, and these guys seemed to pretty, to, to vibe pretty well, to be honest. They were all, yeah. it was a lot. And of- I'm sure the conditions of making this movie were not the best. So like <laughs> the no fact way. that they all seem to have a good time with each other is impressive. Uh, Over the span of five years. Yeah. Right. Over the span of that, man, that much of time it was, I mean, there was a lot of funny lines, uh, but did you have a favorite that stood out to you? Mm, I meant to write this down and I didn't. So uh, come back to me. I want to. Okay. Um, My favorite line was from Leo, and because uh, it's a, it's a, at this point in time, he's everyone's talking about the Wendigo, and he goes, "Oh, not the who to get, not the who to go again." 
Well, yeah, that, that's kind of the Wendigo. Uh, IMDb summary, a duo of gun-happy redneck hunters stupidly break a sacred circle in a hunting spree, which releases the deadly Wendigo. The Wendigo kills many of the hunters gruesomely, leaving the chosen woman and a gun-toting idiot to destroy the, be- uh, the, to destroy the deadly beast. Now, honestly... What I think works best about this movie is they... Oh, I just thought of my line real quick. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Uh, but before I forget it, it was when uh, Gary is like, you want some pain pain pills? And he's like, where'd you get those? I'm a doctor! Just the his delivery of that. <laughs> I'm a doctor! <laughs> Anyways, continue, please. I just didn't want to forget my line. No, you're fine, you're fine. I just uh, was going to say, I think what works best about this movie is there's actually like a decent base of story that gets mm-hmm. built up. You have the Guardian in the beginning who's just minding his own fucking business and then you have gary and dave who come in drunk as shit blasting up the place they blast to the up yeah they 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 (laughs) they blast the the uh the no trust or not the no it says private property you know so they blast that to bits and then they go up around the cabin and they see these um you know skeleton heads on these little like pikes and that's the circle that the Guardian has built to keep the Wendigo, you know, from coming back. Because in the beginning, he does this great monologue about talking about how, you know, it's been nearly 100 years. And, um, you know, he came face to face with the Snow Beast a long time ago. It was a fierce battle. But by the grace of God, he was victorious. And the moment he defeated the Beast, he was like, yeah, I need to protect the world from this monster's resurrection. And he marked the spot where it died. And he laid the sacred ground with skulls of all the previous victims, creating a spiritual shield. And if the circle was ever broken, the Wendigo would be reborn once again and be more powerful than ever. And this is just his... You know, it's 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 a blessing, it's a curse, he's the chosen one, he's the guardian. And it's just like, they built up all that lore in the first 30 seconds of the movie, and I was like, you know what, yeah. whoa, I was like, there is like some depth to this movie. Yeah, like there's a There's a lot that goes into this movie, and of course, you know, they... Dave and Gary, they break that seal immediately. Fucking Dave and Gary. It was mainly Gary, and that's why I was like, Gary, you just shot the old man and shot the skull. What? And he was like, it was an accident. Really? You were aiming right at him, Gary. Was it really an mm-hmm. accident? And um, I love the old man because he's just like, oh, you know, the whispers of the winds of Wendigo. And they're like, what? What, are you ta- what are you talking about? And then he, the way his body deteriorated in the beginning of the movie was oh, so yeah. fucking fascinating. I was like, this, oh, is, yeah. this is great stop motion. Like, they just, they, they just, they knew how to stretch this fucking budget. Yeah, they went for it. And he comes, you know, the skeleton comes to life and starts choking one of the guys. And they have this epic battle where, he, you know, they knock the head off. And you can tell that the Wendigo's back because they don't show the Wendigo until about like an hour and three minutes. And for good reason, because of budget restrictions, I'm sure. And it was yeah. it was claymation. So they just show this giant hand reaching in to grab which one of the guys, cool as fuck. which was so cool. So oh, cool. my God. So cool. So they don't show the Wendigo for so long, but they do these kind of like tall shots of like a you know, a meandering kind of walk of the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Um, but yeah, this whole movie is just from the second it starts after the opening monologue, it's just a wildly unhinged fucking fever dream. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain this movie. And it's, it's, it's interesting too, because it's also like, I'm trying to get the nicest way to say this. It's a cavalcade of both good decisions and bad decisions all mixed together. Good decisions by the filmmakers. Uh, bad decisions by the producers. Um, so, like, one of the biggest things anyone who watches this disc will notice is the the audio mixing's fucking bonkers. Where half the time you can't even hear what people are saying because the music is so loud, and people are most people will be, probably be like, "Well, that's that's very clearly a you know a bad choice." And why did the filmmakers do that? Filmmakers didn't do that. The uh, the producers had no faith in, or the distributors had no faith in this movie, and they thought the music was gonna be what's. They thought the music is gonna sell people on this movie more than anything, so they intentionally had them raise the volume of the music above the dialogue because they thought the music was cooler than what they were saying. And the music, dude, the music. Oh my god, <laughs> with how good the music is, it is so all over the place. You've got oh, yeah. every genre. You've got every genre. You've got like hard rock. You've got metal. You've got a the sweet... weird little jazzy tune when the airplane's <laughs> crashing. Yes, you've got then, a song like, about it, chili. <laughs> And then, like, so then there's there's the score, and then there's all the music that's actually like songs that are in the movie, right? Um, 
at all made for this movie. The score feels so out of place. The score feels like it should be like a uh, for like a uh, high fantasy movie from the eighties. Like it feels like it should be have like like elves and knights and shit. Um, and then, like I said, like there's like a weird cover of of the Prince song "Kiss," which is a phenomenal song. But they just changed all the lyrics about chili. Uh-huh. There's two songs about chili. There's two. Movie. I was gonna say. That. There's two different songs about chili in this movie, and it's it, the second song is the most boring chili. Just chili, no cheese, no, no beans. crackers. No beans, no just onions. Chili. Yeah, I'm like, well, uh, I like onions in my chili. Jeez. And then, like, you know, like when the when the when the, the centerfold comes alive, they have like this great like '80s hair metal song, and it's just so fucking good, man. It's, yeah, everything about this movie, it. I cannot have a smile on my face when I'm watching Frostbiter, Wrath of the Wendigo. Right. With I mean, with the title alone, I was already intrigued, and then I and then mm-hmm. I saw the artwork that Vinegar Syndrome did, and I was like, uh huh. You've but got- then, like, e- even, like, the original Troma artwork is fucking cool as hell. Yeah, I, I which I actually have, you know, I have this right here. I, I always flip over the... Yep, that's yeah, what I do. Anytime yeah. I have a, a slipcover. Yep, every time I have a slipcover, I will flip over the original art. And, you know, I went into this... It, it So the ratings is, is what kills me, because it's actually got a really decent rating on Letterboxd. But on IMDb... Yeah, it's got three one. Yeah, on IMDb it has a 4.6, which is nearly the letterbox score, and that's out of 10. So I was like, okay, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm really going to like this because I, I, I rely much more on letterbox than I do any other rating system. I feel letterbox is the most accurate to how I feel about a movie, and that's exactly what happened here. It was so bananas, batshit bonkers. Maybe I just needed this movie today. You know, I don't know because it's it's been a hard week with the baby. So maybe this is what I needed. You know, I was all alone this morning. I was watching this by myself. I could hoot. I could holler without having to worry about waking a baby up. So... and if I remember correctly, you have a pretty decent sound bar too, right? Yeah, no, I have, I have, I have a, it, it, yeah. Like it other than, other than great. some of that weird audio mixing where like the the music steps on the the dialogue, it's actually a very robust mix, and it's like it sounded like great. when the movie begins and you get that crazy like yes. drum score and everything. Yes. It's like I'm on my system where I've got you know those big fucking honking speakers. Yeah, you know, like it's there's a lot of like activity from left to right, and I'm sure like it still sounded good on your stuff too. It's like it's like oh shit, it's yeah they. Other than that choice with the mixing, which wasn't on the filmmakers, this movie was all recorded really well and and mixed usually pretty well, uh, despite those choices that were made. Um, yeah, I did notice the music being a little bit higher sometimes than the you know the which which I you know it's it, that was definitely a weird choice. Uh, I did notice yeah, no, that, was, but that wasn't necessarily on the filmmakers though. Yeah, but no, this the movie itself sounded great. I'm pretty sure it's a DTS. HD DTS HD master and it's yeah it sounded great and it looks great it's stereo yeah it's stereo sound stereo surround fun fact yeah and in like the blu-ray looked great I didn't know it was gonna be full screen though when I popped it on I was like oh full screen I was like okay um I always love a full screen movie when I'm not expecting a a, when I'm when I'm expecting a widescreen so Uh, it's so I thought I'm on a lot of um, home theater pages and people like hate anytime a movie's in an aspect ratio that doesn't fit their screen oh. uh because but like i don't know it's like i review so many discs if a movie's like i review so much old stuff that like things being in mono and stereo is pretty fucking common for me yeah so that way it feels like a treat when something's actually in surround sound or dolby atmos i'm like because if i expect that on everything well it doesn't feel special anymore of course, yeah. So if you if you and, get, and for a movie to be full screen and sound that good, I was like, this is a fucking treat. Plus, like I, you know, I watch this. I'm watching this in the middle of the night, and um, I have an OLED television. Which so if you're watching a movie with it's in full screen, you have the black bars on the side. Yep. An OLED television turns those turns Pixels anything off. that's perfect turns them off. So I'm, my wall is black. Oh, so when I nice. when I watch TV, it blends in with and all I get is just is just screen. Oh, that's and nice. You you begin to appreciate the shapes of these these aspect ratios and can kind of see why these things were chosen. Ooh, now I want to paint my wall black in my office to do the same thing. <laughs> that's a great idea. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, especially if you have an OLED where it turns those black yeah, bars off. I do. Mm. Uh. All right, all right. Um, it's, it, it will change the way you watch movies, and I'm I'm here for that because I usually watch movies completely in the dark in my office, anyways, because it's usually mm-hmm. nighttime. Um, 
I mean, there's I could go on and on about this movie, but is there anything else you wanted to highlight or? Oh, or... so like it's. I feel like we've done a really bad job of analyzing this film because we're just so blindly in love with it. It's just <laughs> this movie is just charming. That's the way right. I'll put it. Yeah. If you if you're the type of person who uh, who loves like Evil Dead Two, you're gonna love this movie. Mm-hmm. If you love regional horror films, meaning it's it's a small crew usually made in a specific state. You know, using that state people from that state, you're gonna love this. If you love practical effects, if you love puppets, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this movie. If you love obscure music, like th- this movie has everything in terms of genres. It's got like punk. It's got metal. It's got j- it's got funky jazz and country. Um, it's just charming. Um, Justin La Liberty, one of the guys who works for Vinegar Syndrome, uh, he. Um, I know we haven't gotten to reviews yet, but I'm going to I'm reading his review, not because it's a funny review, because it's a very <laughs> honest review. OK, his review is a charming, low budget, mid 90s monster movie with so many songs in the soundtrack that it resembles one of those guar music videos at the time. And it has two and two of those songs are about eating chili might have a bit too much in common with Evil Dead, too, but that's hardly a bad thing. That <laughs> is the best way to describe this movie. If you like guar, you're going to love this movie. Um it knows exactly what it is. Right. And it's not trying to be anything more. Um, and I fucking love it for that. That's exactly why I love it. Because it knows what it is. It leans into it. It has fun with it. And I appreciate when a movie... that That's my biggest thing about movies. Is I don't want... I don't like pre- like pretentious movies or movies that try to be something Oh, I that, do. <laughs> well, I guess, it, I guess it depends. But like a movie trying to be something that it's clearly not always just... It's it's a misbeat. I get that. I yeah, get that. it's a misbeat for me. And this one just they just they just leaned into the fun and leaned into the campiness, and they just had a blast with this movie. And I love that. So I don't I don't like when a B movie is trying to be this like a twenty four type thing. Like they they knew what they had and they had fun with it. So I commend that. Um, and yeah, I just I I know we, we probably did a weird job at covering this movie. That's okay. I just I had so much fun with this. Um, that, that's my review it's just go watch when to go like if if here's the thing like i don't think there, this happens on the shameless picture show there's just some movies where you can't do like a full-blown analysis where you can but i don't want know, to you know like i don't i don't want to tell you everything about this movie i want you to go watch it <laughs> you just, yeah that, like pretty much you just listen to us talk for an hour plus just telling you to go watch the movie pretty much and that's yeah. all i want you to do yeah that's all so real quick here, let's, let's uh, do some post-review stuff, and then we will get out of here. Um, taglines, there was only one, and I love it. It's hell has frozen over. Boom. Yeah. Love it. Mm. Yeah. Couldn't Perfect. find anything for trivia or goofs, but it is rated 4. Uh, point- my, my, my only piece of trivia is that Ron Ashton's in the movie. Yeah. And according to IMDb, his brother, Scott Ashton, who is the another member of the legendary punk band. He was a drummer, Stooges, right? Uh, I believe so. Um, or the bassist, maybe. Um, I believe he's the drummer. Okay. Um, he's also in this movie. So yes, he was the drummer. Yeah, Scott Ashton. Um, so rated four point six out of ten on IMDb, three point one out of five on Letterboxd. This has a dash dash on the tomato meter and a dash dash audience score. I gave this four point five out of five. What did you give it? Four point five out of five. Oh, so that is a frightmare certified. <laughs> slap let's go baby 4.5 out of 5 it is a brilliant b movie and it is so much fun similar movies according to letterboxd there were zero similar movies according to imdb we have primal rage bio zombie darker than night the boogeyman and don't open until christmas let's read some funny reviews what real quick before we do that i'm gonna give everyone the best double feature you're gonna do okay you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna end the night with Frostbiter, okay. Wrath of the Wendigo. But before you do that, you are gonna every everyone needs to go watch It's a Wonderful Life. And the reason being is I can tell the filmmakers of this movie are huge huge fans of Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Uh, because anytime they uh they sh- they show any of the <clears throat> The news sequences, which I love all of those. Oh, um, yeah. The, the news broadcast, they always report in from Bedford Falls, which is the location 
of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, shit. So, okay. this is in the same world as Frank Capra's <laughs> classic, It's a Wonderful Life. Let's go to a connection you thought would never happen on this show. Get the so shit that, out of your ears. Let's go. This, this is the craziest double feature since <laughs> so since Shameless Picture Show. So um, uh, y'all need to go watch It's a Wonderful Life and the Night with Frostbite or Wrath of the Wendigo. That is the nut- nutsiest uh, double feature since I told everyone to go watch Gone with the Wind and follow up followed up with Cycle to Cop Returns. This this double feature is going to break your heart and then mend it back together. <laughs> that's that's the plan. She's going to shatter it and then bring it back together again. Oh my Lanta! How you're gonna, many? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna re, you're gonna reconstruct the, the the seal and put that Wendigo back where it belongs. Exactly, exactly. It's so on theme. Oh my god, I love it. Um, Thank you. Do you I'm pretty ha- proud of that? I just came up with it. Oh, perfect on on air live. I love it. Um, I've got four four rev- uh, reviews here. What what do you what do you have? I got seven. Oh my god, Michael. <laughs> All right, you go first then. All right. Uh, some of these are stuff that we've already said on the show, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> the, the ripoff of Prince Prince's song Kiss, but changing the lyrics to be about chili as a little goblin jumps out of a chili pot is the exact reason I still watch movies. It, it really is. All right, let's see. I have one, two, three, four. Okay, you do... Oh, no, I'll, I'll do this one. All right, so... Frostbite or Wrath of the Wendigo, four stars from Men on Film from Letterboxd. So how great is this Evil Dead 2 knockoff question mark? Chili comes to life during a scene where the background song is a parody of Prince's Kiss song, but Chili, the miniature work, is absolutely precious. Yeah, like I said, a lot of these reviews are going to say a lot of the same things, but I don't yeah, care. I don't uh, care. By the way, my review was by uh, uh, a letterbox by the name of Robin with a Y, uh, and uh, she gave it four stars. Okay. My next one next. is by a guy named Street, person named Street. All right. Uh, roll lowercase. I think that's funny. Uh, <laughs> gave it star and a half. Ooh. This bizarro evil dead to cover band might get another star from me if they didn't play some of the worst music imaginable nonstop mixed above the dialogue. It pains me to throw shade at a movie with, with stop motion Wendigo fighting neon Emperor Palpatine hologram, but you guys, there's a song about Chili that plays more than once. <laughs> so everything they hated about the movie is things that we loved about that We loved about the movie. Um, I've got four stars from AJ. Uh, again, The Evil Dead by Way of the Wendigo. Insanity pours forth. Needle drop after needle drop. Pivotal chili scene. Remember, folks, when a Wendigo curse-infected woman strips, don't shout, Holy Toledo. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, this one is by uh, uh, Furyism. Furyism? And they gave it a half star. Oh. As I always say, I've seen a lot of movies, and this was one of them. <laughs> I've seen this movie with my eyeballs. I don't know what you want from me. Four stars again from S. Mill. Can't wait to force everyone I know to watch this. Better than Chili. <laughs> no, better than Chili. Chili is a perfect five star. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this next one is by Ezra. They gave it one star. Uh, the last couple of these are, are are good reviews. I just wanted to I wanted to give a mixture. That's fine. Ezra gave it one star. Watch this in Italian on YouTube. I do not know Italian. <laughs> Oh, good grief. I got uh, two okay, well, one bad one. One star from Oscar Lau. Sorry, not the target audience, though it met my expectation. So, hey, you know, I guess you were satisfied, but you hated it. That was a weird review. Yeah, met my expectation of being shitty, just not my cup of tea. Then why did you This next one is by JCVD Rules. Oh. So they really like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh (laughs) <laughs> i was like jcvd oh yes got it um they gave it five stars oh shit whether you like your chili with or without crackers let your buddy blow off some steam he just lost his hand <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah he was just trying to make a pot of chili for everyone god damn it i know sen- you sentinel motherfucker all right my last one here two and a half stars from alex kittle tbh this is pretty entertaining, except the mixing is awful, and every single time is overridden by super loud, intrusive music. It's a bizarre choice, and I did not like it. <laughs> uh, my last one is by um, It's Uncle Carl. 
right, gave it four on. stars and a heart. All right. No budget trauma face melter. A perfect selection at 4 a.m. when the delirium is setting in. Yes. Yes. That's the greatest review ever. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Michael, where and I like it real quick. How do you like your chili? My chili? Yeah. How, fucking... what's, what toppings do you like? Oh, oh, okay. So I do a 50-50 mix of uh, ground chuck and ground beef. Mm. I put a bunch of chili powder in there. Not chili powder. No, yeah, chili powder. Jesus. Or ch- whatever it's fucking called. Um, I put cheese on top. No beans, onions, and peppers. And then ch- so so to garnish, I'll do sour cream and cheese, but uh, just mm. no beans. Onions, peppers you a, cra- you a crackers guy yeah i'll do crackers what i mm. what i really like honestly honestly check this shit out if you take a tortilla and you warm it up a little bit boom it is mm. so good but yeah. yes i do love crackers like a saltine or something like that yes i will dip um, the shit amanda out make it. usually makes her chili with a combination of ground beef and andouille sausage or sometimes pork Ooh. um um she melts a little bit of um uh adds a little bit of like nice dark coffee into it okay uh, a couple of different types of beans um and then i like to garnish mine with cheese sour cream if i have it yeah if you um have it. usually some hot sauce uh because you got to have the hot sauce um i like i like crackers amanda likes to scoop hers onto the crackers and eat it that way but um okay oh yeah okay. and then uh since I'm, I'm derailing your show now because I'm just asking the questions now. <laughs> what was your Thrill House moment you wanted to talk about? Oh, my God. The Thrill House moment that I wanted to talk about that I totally forgot about was the moment when the body melted and the skeleton came to life. I was yes. like, I was like, let's go. What do you mean? That's my Thrill House moment. For anyone who's listening who does not understand, who does not listen to my show, shame. Um, <laughs> but the Thrill House moment shame. is something that I have added uh, to my show there's that great moment from early seasons of The Simpsons. I want to say it was season three, maybe four. It was um, uh, the Bone Storm episode where Bart really wants a copy of the fighting game Bone Storm. And uh, Millhouse ends up getting it. And there's that great sequence where it's like uh, mimicking the, the old uh, uh, JVC ads of the guy sitting in the chair with his hair blown back. Yeah. You know, um, Millhouse is sitting there with his hair blown back. And he goes like, whoa, all I've done is put in my name. And it says Thrill House. <laughs> so that's where Thrill so House So it's the moment from. that knocks your hair back. And you're like, whoa, I've only put in my name. You yes. Know? So what was yours? Oh, fuck. I I, I didn't plan for one. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I um, honestly, my Thrill House moment was... Um, was honestly the the opening sequence with the two hunters, but specifically when the old man came out and like they broke the um I don't know I I was into it really early on when they broke the the seal, um I was into it from that moment on. It's like and then when when the music started kicking in and you started getting little glimpses of the Wendigo and you started seeing what they're gonna do with their budget, I was into it pretty early on. Okay, all right, all right, um. Michael, where can people hear the sultry sound of your voice on your podcast? So we are on your favorite podcast apps of choice. So that's everything from, you know, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. I think we're on Audible or some shit. I don't. We're we're everywhere. If we're not, reach out to me. I'll make sure we get there. But you can also find us on the Cinepunks Network. Uh, that's www.cinepunks.com. That's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. I am one of the official podcasts of the Cinepunks Network, um, which is also um, the home of the Rough Cut Fan Club for all of you t-shirt nerds who want t-shirts for punk, uh, movie shirts for punks. Um, there's a lot of good shows on there. Twist of the Death Nerve. You got Horror Business. A lot of good shit. Um, and I'm just one of those shows. Um, but I'm also on Instagram at Michael underscore Vyers. You can also find the Shameless Picture Show on Instagram at Shameless Picture Show. Um, though that being said, I mostly put all the good shit goes to my page. Uh, yeah, follow him, Michael underscore Vyers. And then I'm on Letterbox at Vyers 10 2008. Boom. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and slash your app at Frightmares Podcast. Our email is staysspooky at outlook.com. 
This is your last regular episode for November Syndrome. Next, well, not next week. In like two or three days, you're going to get your bonus episode where me and Mikey talk about a Spanish horror film in a cemetery. So there you go. And can, can I can I tease something coming up on my show? Real yeah, quick? sure. Go for it. Uh, for any of you who do listen to my show, um, you all will know that this show was created by me and my good buddy, Nick. Well, our Christmas episode is quickly approaching, and yes. Nick will be coming back for the Christmas episode. And he might even be showing up on this show. We'll see. We'll see. We do have something planned. Uh, I know you'll be there for sure, and if he's there, then it'll be, uh, oh, man. It's he's gonna, planning on it. It's it's going to be one hell of an episode because this movie is on all of our shameless so it's going to be yeah. crazy to talk about. So tune in in a couple of days when we do the Spanish horror movie set in a cemetery. And until then, stay tuned and stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.